That's because the Bible says, Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me to him that order his conversation aright. Well, I show the salvation of God. Amen. God desires to do marvelous and wonderful things in every life, but we got to be willing to let him do it. The Bible says he'll work, but who'll let him? you got to let him work on your behalf. Amen. Praise God. It's good to have good to just be in his presence. Amen. I I just love the Lord. Wonderful teaching. Sunday school this morning. Amen. And just to be with brothers and sisters of like precious faith in the sanctuary. And amen. To praise God together. Amen. It, it's worth it all. Amen. Praise God. Our guest is good to have you this morning. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Sister Miller said, next Sunday we're going to be feasting at the table. <laughs> going to have fellowship next week. We're going to have potluck dinner. So come next week. Invite your family. Invite your friends. Tell them we're having food. <laughs> Spiritual food first and natural food next. And we're going to get good and blessed in the Lord. Amen. Get ready for Memorial Day. Amen. So, and she told you about Brother Boyd's daughter. Man, this young lady has really matured and grown quickly. And now she's graduating from school. And so if you, on the 10th, amen, they would love to have you over at their church in the evening, that Friday evening, amen, to Hadessa's graduation, amen. Our kids won't be with us long, man. They grow up so fast and they're gone. But as we heard earlier, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And I can tell you this young girl... I have been her teacher in uh, Purpose Institute for the past couple of years and watching her, you know, go through Purpose Institute. And every time I read one of her essays and papers, man, it's just so full of delight to see a young girl of, of her age, uh, you know, talking about God and what God is doing in her life. And a young girl that's focused in knowing where she's going in Christ. So I am so thankful for Hadessa. Amen. And what God is doing in her life. And all you kids. Amen. I know sometimes the old preacher and grandpa and papa and pops and everything gets uh, crazy and stuff. But I love you all. <laughs> and it gets good. Amen. Second Chronicles chapter 5 this morning. Verse 11 through verse 14. Second Chronicles. You know Chronicles is just a... Uh, chronological order of what happened in the Bible in First Samuel, Second Samuel, First Kings, and Second Kings, and so you will have read this if you've read the the Kings already. So, but Chronicles puts it in a little bit more chronological order. And it came to pass. Aren't you glad things don't stay the same all the way? See, I could quit right here and say, "Let's go home," because what you're going through, it ain't gonna last forever. Today, tomorrow will be what? Yesterday. <laughs> today will be yesterday, tomorrow, and tomorrow will be today, tomorrow. I ain't figured it out, but that's the way he does it, right? So you think about it. So it, it, it's, it's not going to stay the same. And it came to pass 
When the priest was come out of the holy place, for all the priests that were present were sanctified, and did not then wait by course, also the Levites, which were the singers, all of them of Asaph, of Heman, and Judith, with their sons and their brethren, being arrayed in white linen, having cymbals and psalmstries and harps, stood at the east end of the altar, and with them a hundred and twenty priests sounding with trumpets. It came even to pass, as the trumpeters and singers were as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thank the Lord, and thanking and the Lord, and when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For He is good, for His mercy endureth forever, that then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. <laughs> Amen. Notice some things in there. They was all in one accord. <laughs> they was doing things the right way. And so I want to talk to you this day from this thought. Creating an atmosphere for the presence of God. Creating an atmosphere for the presence of God. Man, seems like everything is just laid up. I can go home. God doesn't spoke to us about the atmosphere. You know, songs has been sung about the atmosphere. Man. So I guess I must be on course. <laughs> Father, I praise you again this glorious day. God, you are good and your mercy is everlasting and your truth and do it to all generations. We truly appreciate you, Jesus. Sweet Holy Spirit, sweet heavenly dove. Let us not leave the way that we came, God, but let us leave changed, renewed, and refreshed in the power and the Holy Ghost. And we will give you glory, and we'll give you honor, and we'll give you praise. In Jesus' name. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. Creating an atmosphere for the presence of God. Amen. One of the things that God has always desired is that He always wanted to be among His people. We see this even in the Garden of Eden and the creation. The Bible says that God walked in the cool of the day to commune with Adam and Eve. God chose you and I because we are special to Him and because He loves you and He wants to fulfill His promises that He has made to mankind. When we get an understanding of how much God truly loves us, we should always want to be in His presence. As David said, in His presence is fullness of joy, and at His right hand there are pleasures forevermore. The Lord said to Moses in Exodus 25 and verse 8, he says, speak unto the children and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. God even gave instructions that we should make a sanctuary, a place uh, 
were that He could dwell with us. As the old song we used to sing say, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. And with thanksgiving, I will be a living sanctuary for you. What does it mean to create an atmosphere for the presence of God? It means that you humble yourself. You get self out of the way. It means that you purge yourself from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit and perfect holiness in the fear of God. It means that you get out there like David did uh, in the front of the ark and you begin to worship God and you begin to praise God. The Bible lets us know that every six paces when David was returning the ark that David was stopping, he would begin to sacrifice and praise the God, uh, amen, of he, the one that he loved. The Psalmsters tell us in Psalms uh, to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and, and into his courts with praise, being thankful unto him and blessing his holy name. It means to keep your mind stayed upon God, as Isaiah says, he will keep you in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon him. The Lord said to Solomon after we see that Solomon began to dedicate this house. You see, David had wanted to build a house for God, but because David was a man of war that God says, no, you will not build me a house, but your son Solomon will build me a house. And we see here that Solomon began to build the house in Second Chronicles 7 verse 12. The Bible Bible says, and the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. Notice, God says, I am choosing this place that the people will be able to bring their sacrifices. Amen. The word of Hebrews tell us, therefore by him, let us offer the sacrifices of praise continually with the fruits of our lips, giving thanks unto his name. You see, the Lord goes on and tells Solomon, after he has chosen this place because of the dedication and all the things that Solomon had poured in there to dedicate this place unto God. He says, if I shut up the heavens, that there be no rain. Or if I command the locusts to devour the land. Or if I send pestilence among my people. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, and will forgive them of their sins, and will heal the land. Now my eyes shall be open, and my ears attendeth unto the prayer that is made in this place. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house, that my name may be there forever, and mine eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. 
Notice, he says, if my people which are called by my name. We are called the people of the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And the people that are called by His name, if we will humble ourselves when we're going through things and we go to the house of God and we begin to call upon His name, God says, I will hear from heaven and forgive them of their sins and I will hear the land. You see, it is those people who's called by His name, those that are dedicated to Him are the people of God. Those that are committed to Him are the people of God. The Lord knows them that are His, the Bible says, and let everyone that named the name of the Lord depart from evil. We bring the sacrifices of praise into the house of the Lord, and we offer up to Him the sacrifices of thanksgiving, and we offer unto Him the sacrifices of praise. The Lord said to Solomon, for now have I chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and mine eyes and mine heart shall be there perpetually. Wouldn't it be great to get the heart of God? To know that you have God's heart. David was called a man after God's own heart. What made David a man after God's own heart? I believe because he was continually establishing an atmosphere for the presence of Almighty God. David said that God desires truth in the inward parts and in the hidden parts that will make me to know wisdom. You see, when I have truth within me, when the Word of God is in me, then I worship Him in spirit and I worship Him in truth. You see, God desires us to be pure within and to be pure without. He desires that we live holy and righteous lives so that He can always dwell among His people. You see, God will not dwell in an unclean vessel. He will not dwell in places that are not clean because He's a righteous God. He's a holy God. And so we must establish a place for the presence of God. God. Amen. He wants to dwell with you and I. He did not create you that you should perish, but the Lord's brought you out so that He could bring you in. Are you creating an atmosphere for the presence of God? Amen. In Second Kings chapter 4, there was a woman by the name of a Shunammite. Uh, and the Bible lets us know that every time Elijah passed by, he would turn into her house. Uh, and she said to her husband, I perceive that this is a holy man of God. She says, let us build uh, a little chamber on the side of our house for him, that when he passes by, he can turn into it and he can find rest. And let's build this little chamber for him. And let's put a bed in there. And let's put a table and a stool and a lamp for him. You see, what she was saying is, I see that this is the man of God. It's just not anybody. So I need to prepare and create an atmosphere for the presence of God. You see, the bed represents rest. This is why Isaiah says, we're 
stammer and lips in another tongue will he speak to his people wherewith he said this is the rest that shall call the weary to rest and this is the refreshing but they would not hear me you see God wants you to have rest that's why the Sabbath was created for the rest amen this is why Jesus says I am the Lord of the Sabbath in other words he wants to give you the rest so you have to create an atmosphere for him to come in so he can bring you rest he says come unto me all ye that are weary and are heavy laden and I will give you rest amen take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest unto your soul for my yoke is easy and my burden is light she says let's put a table there David says in Psalms 23 5 the Lord prepares a table before me and the presence of mine enemies he anoints my head with oil my cup runneth over surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever notice something is following you always it's called goodness and it's called mercy you can't get away from mercy and goodness all you've got to do is turn around and begin to praise God and mercy and goodness will be right there for you you can't get away from it so he prepares a table before me the lamp represents the light Jesus says I am the light of the world he that walk in darkness amen follow me shall not walk in darkness but shall have the light of light you are a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden and the stone represents the seat amen hallelujah he wants you to come and sit at his feet as Martha and Mary did amen we need to have an atmosphere for the presence of almighty God John the Baptist came preaching repent for the kingdom of heaven is in hand. What was John doing? He was establishing an atmosphere for the presence of Almighty God. John says, I'm not one. I'm not him. I'm not the one that is to come. But there's one coming after me whose shoes I am not worthy to loose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. John says, I'm just a forerunner. I'm just creating an atmosphere for his presence and one day John was baptizing and he looked up and he saw Jesus coming and he said behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the whole world he had created an atmosphere for the presence of God hallelujah King Jehoshaphat in 2nd Chronicles chapter 20 they told him that Ammon and Moab was coming out against them And the Bible says, And Jehoshaphat feared, and he set himself to seek the Lord, and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem, and the house of the Lord before the new court. And said, O Lord God of our fathers, 
Art not thou God in heaven? And rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thine hand is there not power and might, so that there is none able to withstand thee? Art not thou our God, who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, and gave it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? And they dwell therein, and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, If when evil come upon us, as the sword and judgments and pestilence or famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our afflictions, then thou wilt hear and help. And now behold the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade when we came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. Or of God will thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that come against us, neither know we what to do. But our eyes are upon thee. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Then said Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jeel, the son of Mattaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph came, the spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, Hearken ye all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou king Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord God unto you, Be not afraid or dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God. Notice, he saw a problem, but he went and created an atmosphere for the presence of Almighty God. And when he created that atmosphere, how did he create it? He just reminded God of what God had said. He was at the same place that Solomon had dedicated. And he says, God, you said, when our enemies come against us, when things are coming against us, if we come to this place, which is called by your name, and begin to call unto you that you will hear us and you will help us. And he says, God, we don't have any might for these great people, but they're more mightier than we are. But our eyes upon you. They created an atmosphere for the presence of God through their prayer, through their fasting, and their commitment to the things of God. Sometimes you just need to remind God of what He has said that He would do. And He will fight for you. A lot of times, I realize we pray, but we may not remind God of what He said. This is why praying the Word of God is so essential and key to you as a child of God. Because you're just reminding God of what He said that He would do. And you stand back and you watch God fight for your behalf. You have not need to raise a hand, God told him. He says, you just go down to the side and take a seat. And you watch and see what I will do. 
And it took them three days to clean up the battlefield. And they never raised one hand because God fought their battles for them. You see, if you keep a perpetual prayer life, you keep singing praise and music to God. You just keep having family devotions. Keep speaking the truth in your heart and reading the Word of God. You will keep establishing an atmosphere for the presence of Almighty God. As Peter said, but you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of Him which has called you out of darkness unto His marvelous light. Before He says, you didn't have mercy, but now have you obtained mercy. It is of the Lord's mercy that we're not consumed because His compassion fell not. They're new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Praise God. Hallelujah. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There's going to be battles coming, but you need to create an atmosphere for the presence of God. This is why the Lord told Isaiah, there is no weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue that rises against you in judgment you shall condemn, for this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and the righteousness is of me. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against them. Amen. I want you to understand, you just need to create an atmosphere for the presence of Almighty God. When the evil wickedness of Baal was reigning and ruling in Mount Carmel, Elijah came up to Mount Carmel to the 450 false prophets of Baal. And he asked the children of Israel, he says, how long have you hawked between two opinions? He says, if God be God, then choose Him. But if Baal, then choose Him. And they began to make a sacrifice to see who would be the one true God. And Elijah says, we will determine who will be the one true God by fire. The fire that falls and consumes the sacrifice, we will call him the one true God. And you look at the odds, Brother Davis, 450 against one. And 450 prophets of Baal, they took their bullocks, they cut it up, they put it on the altar, and they began to call out to Baal. Oh, Baal, hear us. Hear us, Baal. And they begin to cry. They begin to call. They jump up on the altar. And nothing happened. And by the time of the evening sacrifice, they begin to cut themselves with lancers to try to get his attention. And Elijah began to mock them. He says, maybe you're not crying loud enough. Maybe you need to shout a little bit louder. They said, because maybe he's talking to somebody and he needs to be 
interrupted. Uh, maybe he's on a journey and he can't hear you. Uh, maybe he's asleep uh, and he needs to be woken up. Uh, and all this they kept calling, but nothing happened to their sacrifice. But at the time of the evening sacrifice, about three o'clock in the afternoon, because that was the time of the evening sacrifice, Elijah said to the people, come over to me. And you notice what Elijah began to do. He began to create an atmosphere for the presence of God. The first thing he did was rebuild the altar. He got twelve stones, one according to each tribe of Israel. He set it neatly in place. He got the word and put it in order, the Bible says, upon the altar. He's not taking this lightly. He's creating an atmosphere for the presence of God. He takes his bullock. He cuts it in pieces. He places it upon the wood in the right place. He says to the people, get four barrels of water. You've got to understand something here. Water is precious commodity at this time because there's been a famine in the land for three and a half years. There is hardly no water. So he says, get four barrels of water and pour it over the sacrifice. He had built a trench around the altar and they poured the four barrels of water over the sacrifice, over the wood, over the altar. And he said, do it again. And they got four more barrels of water and they poured it over the sacrifice and they poured it upon the altar and he said do it again and they did it again the third time and as they finished uh, doing the word uh, and placing everything in order then Elijah began to pray he said a simple prayer he says Lord God of Abraham and Isaac and Israel let it be known this day and that I am thy servant and that I all these things at thy word hear me O Lord God, hear me, that this people may know that Thou art the Lord God, and that Thou hast turned their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell, and consumed the burnt sacrifice, and the wood, and the stones, and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the churches. Then all the people fell on their face, and said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. When you create an act atmosphere for the presence of God. When you build your altar, when you prepare it just right, God will show up. When you create an atmosphere for the presence of God, when is the last time you rebuilt your altar? When is the last time you set everything back in order again? When is the last time you prepared a place for the presence of God? Cornelius had created an atmosphere for the presence of God. The Bible says he was a prayer man, devout man, one that prayed off and gave alms and gave much to the Lord. And about that hour of sacrifice, that ninth hour, that three o'clock in the afternoon, Eli, uh, Cornelius went into his house to pray. And an angel of the Lord appeared unto him. And said, Cornelius, 
your prayers in your arms is come up before God as a memorial. Now send the Joppa for one Simon who lodged by the seaside with one Simon the tanner and he will tell you what you need to do. He had created an atmosphere for the presence of Almighty God. And when he summons for Simon Peter and when Peter came, Peter says, I want to know for what purpose have you sent for me? And he says, four days ago I was praying and fasting and about this hour I came in and the angel of the Lord appeared unto me and said, now send the Joppa for one Peter and he will tell you what you need to do. And Peter says, I perceive that God is no respecter of person, but in every nation they that fear him and work at righteousness is accepted of God. And as Peter began to preach about Jesus Christ, the Bible said the Holy Ghost fell on all them that was in the house for the circumcision that came with Peter was confounded on the Gentiles was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter said, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which has received the Holy Ghost as well as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. I'm coming to tell you today when you create an atmosphere for the presence of God your whole household can get saved. <clears throat> Praise God. Excuse me. Amen. Bible tells me in Acts 16, Paul received the vision of a man says, Come over to help us. And he made move and he came to Macedonia. And he got there. And all of a sudden, he sees no man. <laughs> He's going to prayer. And he goes out by the river. And Lydia and her household hears them praying and talking about God. And she said to Paul, if I have found favor with thee, come to my house. And we know the story. She was baptized, her and her house. Why? Because there was created a constant atmosphere by going to prayer. Amen. If you just keep going to prayer, somebody is going to take notice that you're going to prayer. When you walk out your house and your neighbor say, where are you going? I'm going to prayer. What are you going to prayer for? I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for the city. I'm going to pray for the nation. I'm going to pray for everyone. If they're going to take notice uh, when you leave to go to church uh, and they say, where are you going? Uh, I'm going to church uh, to be pray for you, to set a foundation for you and for your house. Uh, and so Paul and Sarah is constantly going to prayer. Lydia heard them. Her and her household was baptized. Amen. And they stayed with her. And then the next couple of days, they're on their way to pray again and a woman with the spirit of divination is following them. And she said, these men are the men of the Most High God that shows up the ways of life more perfectly clear. And after certain days, Paul turned around and he rebuked that evil spirit that she had and it came out of her. I come to tell you, when you keep going to pray, well, no matter who's following you, whether the devil is following you, he's only going to travel as a distance. You need to turn around, rebuke him, and get him out of her life or his life or whoever's life. When you create an atmosphere 
God can deliver people from demonic forces. You need to create an atmosphere for the presence of God. And because they cast this demonic demon out of her, her owner saw that his wealth was now gone. They took Paul and Silas and brought them before the magistrate and they beat them and they put them in jail. But at midnight, they could have cried, they could have wept, they could have felt sorry. But in the deep part of the dungeon of the jail, Paul says, let's create an atmosphere for the presence of God. And they began to pray. And they began to sing praises unto God. And as a result of their prayers and their praises, you see, you can create an atmosphere for God anywhere. In the jailhouse, in the prison house, in the hospital, on your job. Amen. You begin to pray. You begin to worship God. You begin to sing the glorious songs of God. You see that the presence of God descend. Because whosoever prays glorifieth me. I will hear from heaven, the Lord says. And I will come down and I will dwell with you. So no matter where you are and wherever you're going through, when you lift up holy hands, when you begin to pray, when you begin to sing to God, God will hear you. And as Paul and Silas began to pray and begin to sing hymns, the Bible says there was an earthquake and all the shackles of the prison were set loose. They could have walked right out, but no. They stayed there. I come to tell you today that there are some people that are shackled today. Amen. This is why we start singing. This is why we start praising every service with prayer and singing and praise to God. Because people are shackled. People are shackled to hurts. People are shackled to pain. People are shackled to fear and panic. People are shackled to sexual perversion. People are shackled to pornography. People are shackled to alcohol and drugs and abuse stinks. People are shackled for things that they're prickled at as the enemy has tried to bind them. But I come to today, if we will worship God, if we will praise God, if we will pray to God, He can break those shackles. I hear chains falling. I don't want to come into the sanctuary and, and hear about politicians. I don't want to come into the sanctuary and hear about the latest gadget. I don't want to come into the sanctuary and hear about some game. I want to come into His presence with thanksgiving. I want to enter His courts with praise. I want to hear people crying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I want to hear somebody crying out, The mighty God is Jesus. The Prince of Peace is He. The everlasting Father. The King eternally. The wonderful and wisdom by whom all things are made. The fullness of the Godhead and Jesus in this way. I want to hear somebody crying out as Bartimaeus by the roadside saying, Jesus, the son of David, have mercy upon me. I want to hear people praying and calling out to God. I don't need to know about the latest bathroom situation. God will fix that. I want to hear Thus saith the Lord, come unto me, all you that are weary and are heavy laden.
Satan and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I want to hear they that dwell in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I want to hear about Jesus. I want to create an atmosphere for the presence of Almighty God. The Bible says after the death, build, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, after 40 days he was seen of his, the people. He told them to go to Jerusalem and tarry until you be endued with power from on high. And the Bible says there was 120 in the upper room. And even Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there. And because Judas had hung himself, they needed to replace him. So they cast lots and they chose Matthias because he had, was a witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But they was in prayer. They was the unity. They was in one mind, in one accord. And the Bible says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord, in one place. And suddenly... That came from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues. As the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. Now dwelling at Jerusalem was Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. And when this was noise abroad, the multitude came together and was confounded. And then they heard every man speaking his own language. And they was amazed and marvel said, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how we hear every man in our own tongue where we was born. Perthians and Medes and Elamites and dwellers of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Phygia, Pamphylia and parts of Egypt and Libya about to reign. Strangers of Rome, Jews, proselytes, Creeks and Arabians. We do hear them speak in our own tongue. The wonderful works of God. And they was amazed and died saying, what meaneth this? Others mock and said, these men are full of new wine. But Peter lifted up his voice and said, you men of Judea and all you that dwell in Jerusalem, be it known unto you and hearken to my words for these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it is but of the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, said God, that I'll pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And upon my handmaids and maidservants will I pour out of that day of my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I shall wonders in the heavens above and signs in the earth beneath. Blood, fire, and vapors of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord shall come and whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I come to tell you today they created an atmosphere for the presence of Almighty God. When you're in one mind and in one accord, you can create an atmosphere for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost and the sanctuary upon all flesh. And as you keep reading, 3,000 people was added to the church on the first day because of the atmosphere that was created. Praise God. We need to keep... An atmosphere. Amen. In our homes. Amen. You gotta pray in your home. You gotta keep your home as a place 
of an atmosphere for the presence of God. If your home is not an atmosphere, you can have lost loved ones, but if you've got an atmosphere, I'm here to tell you, God can deal with their hearts. You've got to get into a habit of worshiping God. Amen. The Bible says, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God and we are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise, being thankful unto Him and bless His name, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and is truth and do it to all generations. You need to go to church. The Bible says in Hebrews 10.25 Neglect not the assemblies of yourselves together, but so much more as you see the day approaching. You've got to go to church. You've got to be a witness for the Lord. The Lord said through Isaiah 43.10 You are my witnesses and my servants whom I have chosen that you may know and believe that I am He. Before me there was no God for neither shall there be after me. I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name in the heaven given to men whereby we must be saved. The name of Jesus Christ. You need to read the Word of God. David said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. We're cleansed by the Word of God. We need to have words of encouragement. As they said the Paul and Silas. Brethren, if you've got any words of exhortation, say on. You need to be able to testify of God's goodness and mercy and the house of God. That's creating an atmosphere for the presence of God. When you tell about God's goodness, when you talk about what God is doing, when you pray openly in the sanctuary, when you worship God in the sanctuary, when you give in the sanctuary, you are creating an atmosphere for the presence of Of Almighty God. Praise God. Whoso offered praise glorifieth me. And I will hear from heaven. And I will forgive them of their sins and heal the land. Creating an atmosphere. That's why the psalmist said in Psalms 121. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. From which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made the heavens and the earth. He will not suffer thee to be moved. He that keepeth Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is the shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will preserve thee. He will preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. What is he saying? Just lift up your heads in praise. God, that's all he's saying. Your help cometh from the Lord. The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. Send thee help from the sanctuary and strengthen thee out of Zion. Grant God according to thine own purpose and fulfill thine own counsel. In the name of the Lord, we will set up a banner. Amen. The Lord hear thee. Some trust in chariots and some trust in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord. We've got to set up a banner. We've got to set up a sanctuary. God says, tell my 
my people to build a sanctuary so I can dwell with them. Know you not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you. You're not your own. This is what God is saying is prepare yourself as the sanctuary so I can dwell with you. I want to be in you and live in you and walk in you and you will be my people and I will be your God said the Lord God Almighty. Having these promises dearly beloved, let's cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit and let's perfect holiness and the fear of God. Got to create an atmosphere for the presence of the Lord. One of the things before Jesus died was they created an atmosphere for His presence through communion. And the Lord said to Peter and His disciples, Go into the city and you will see a man there with some water. He says, Ask them where is the guest chamber that I may have supper with my disciples. And the Bible says that they showed them the upper room and they prepared the upper room. And they came into the upper room and Jesus began to talk to the disciples. And they began, to, he began to take bread and he broke it. And he says, this is my body which is broken for you. And then he took the cup and he gave it to them and says, drink ye all of it. For this is the blood of the New Testament. For I will not drink this cup with you until we drink it anew in my Father's house. They created an atmosphere for the presence of God. And that's what communion is all about. is creating an atmosphere for the presence of God. They prayed. They sung hymns. They sung songs. And they prepared a place for them to meet together with God. And so today, we're going to take communion. Parents, you have to decide for your children where they are, you know. Amen. But before we take communion, we want to go to the Lord in prayer one more time. And I want you to ask God to search you. You know, maybe things are not right. Maybe things are not going good. But that's the uniqueness of God. See? That's why the Bible says, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. He wants to strengthen us. He wants to dwell with us. Amen. And so after we finish praying, we will take communion. Amen. These are new cups. and You haven't had these before. So on the top is the wafer. You have to take the top piece off first. The wafer is there. And then underneath is the juice is, is in there after that. It's just grape juice. Okay. So it's pretty simple. You'll figure it out. Okay. I wanted to tell you that. Amen. So let's pray this morning and ask God. Amen. You know where you are. You know what you need God to do for your life. Amen. If you need me to pray with you, I'll pray with you. Amen. 
Hallelujah. If you've never been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, we'll do that today as well. But I come to encourage you this morning. Let me, let me encourage you this morning. Just begin to call out to God this morning and open up your heart and your mind and allow Him to come in. Invite Him in, Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, I praise you right now, Lord.